So hi everyone. Hi everyone. Welcome back to, to so many wrong notes. Yay. Yeah. Um <laughs> so this is officially um season 3 and we just wanted to kind of say hi and give you guys an update over the summer cuz we we kind of took off over the summer. So Franny, do you want to start? Sure, I'll start. Okay. So um my summer this feels like I'm back in grade school. Like, I, I, sh- I feel like I should have written an essay, <laughs> you know? Yeah, in block letters. In block letters. And cut out magazines and you had to read a book. <laughs> My Summer Vacation by Francis Yoon. Stick figure. Stick figure. So, my summer consisted of me teaching at my normal gig at Friends Music Camp. Mm-hmm. Um... It was a special year at Friends Music Camp for me because it's uh, it was my last year at Friends Music Camp. I just it was one of those things where I was I did it for nine years and I felt like it was time to move on, mm-hmm. and so it was kind of bittersweet. Um, Francis but, is a big boy now. I know I'm a big boy now, but also kind of liberating in that I could. <laughs> kind of say and do whatever I wanted. Did you feel like you were obligated to go back? I never felt like I was obligated to go back. I always felt mm-hmm. like I didn't know what else to do. And it so was So it was dependable. It was dependable, but it, I sh- but that that's not fair to Friends Music Camp because I did do, I still do really love it. It, it it's just I don't know. Yeah, I, I mean, it doesn't have to be something you don't like. It's just yeah, no, it was more like I did a variety of roles there. Uh huh. So I started out as a piano teacher and an accompanist, and then I conducted the orchestra, and then I conducted the choir, mm-hmm. and I just felt like there was nothing more <laughs> for me to do. You mean you had risen as high as you could? It, or I've done all the things that I was sort of interested in, I guess. Mm. And it was it was becoming less and less interesting. Right. Even though I love the people, I met tons of great people there. Xavier Suarez, who I bring up, who we bring up in this podcast a lot. Hi, Xavier. Hi, Xavier. I, I give him a random shout out every so often. Just I know. He... It's great. <laughs> but Xavier and I met through Friends Music Camp. And he's now like my brother from another mother, you know? Yeah. So I've met tons of great people there, not just staff, but uh, most of the students, you know? Uh But it's just, it was just time for me to move on. So what do you think is next in the plans for you in terms of summer gigs? I don't know What would you like to do, basically? Like, what's your ideal? Right now, I, I'm kind of excited about not teaching in the summer. I yeah. have a plan, but I don't want to talk about that yet until oh. things are a little bit more mysterious, Freddy. put together. Okay. We, but I got to do the Baroque Week at Garth Newell. Yeah. Where the, and you and, got to solo. And yeah, I got to play a concerto. And I got to work with Aislinowski, who we interviewed so that was the other thing that I did this summer, which was go to Garth Newell. Yeah. And, and we got with, to spend time together. We, Jeanette and I got to spend time together. 
And so hopefully that can con- that can continue. Oh my god, I can't speak. That's okay. Yeah. So that was my summer. How was your summer? You know, I always say that like the summer is kind of the same because it's kind of the same. Like I have 10 straight weeks of stuff and it's always really busy and for some reason this year I got more I felt it more. Maybe I'm old. Like I felt it in my bones more the weariness of it cuz <laughs> I I mean, uh, okay, so my first summer was a blurb because I didn't, um, I wasn't prepared for anything and it was just, you have no time to practice and I didn't know that. I didn't really know. Like, I knew that, yeah, it was 10 straight weeks, but I thought I'd have the week to practice for the concert on the weekends. Mm-hmm. We have concerts Saturday, Sunday of different repertoire. Yeah. And and I, I didn't know that when, like, for example, when the fellows are here, like, basically I have Monday. That's mm-hmm. the one day I have to learn everything for the next week. And then that's all. That's all the time I have to practice. And so it was just like really, I didn't know um, how to prepare. The second year was a little better just because I, I at least knew that. But um, I still didn't prepare early enough. And I feel like I'm going to say this every year. Like I didn't prepare early enough this year either. Huh. So, I mean... I think some things went better. I think there are some performances that went better. I don't feel like shit every week. Yeah. Which is an improvement <laughs> over like just feeling like an abject failure. But I mean, I still feel like piano weekend is just not going off well. Like and everyone seems to enjoy it, but I still was pretty messy. And I, I don't like that. I want to be prepared on Tuesday for rehearsals and not have to stress out about it. Mm-hmm. I just I don't think my mind is capable of thinking that much ahead. Like, it's, it's I think I have to, to write it down. Like, yeah, it's really hard to think ahead. I know. I really should do it. I really should organize, whatever. Yeah. I mean, it still it still was, like, a good season in general. Mm-hmm. Like, um, we had higher numbers. One of the highest concerts, actually, was the concert you played at. That was one of the highest numbers we've seen. Oh, for, great. I mean, a lot of it is, like, people love Aislinn. But yeah. I'm, I'm really glad that the numbers were so high for your concert because I don't think people get to hear harpsichord as a solo instrument ever. (laughs) And I don't know if like, I don't think like a lot of people in our audience got to hear that or have that experience. So it's a unique one to them, I think. Yeah. I mean, it's certainly special. I mean, also Stanton, which is again, an hour away has a pretty big hour and 10 minutes of whatever. Has a pretty big Baroque scene too, actually. It has a huge Baroque scene. Yeah, so, I I mean, I'm just saying that maybe your audience is just hungry for more Baroque music in other places. Maybe. Yeah. I got but, a little annoyed though. Okay, so um, Lucia, the piano fellow that you worked with. Yes. Um, she was telling me. Did I tell you this? She was telling me. Oh yeah, people said that you hate the harpsichord, and I'm just like, I don't hate the harpsichord. Like, why, why would, like, why are, who's saying that? And also, that's terrible because I don't want people to think that because yeah, I want I think... to play it. I just not comfortable, you know? So, yeah, I know. It's just a matter of, I think, one, it's frustrating to play the harpsichord when you don't know how to play it. And especially it's frustrating when they yeah. force you to play it. And so, of course, you would hate the harpsichord. Just well, like... I, but I don't. It's just like the first I mean, week. It's yeah. not that you, but of course you would hate 
to play the harpsichord, I guess, is the better way of saying it. Well, I mean, part of it, I probably talked about this with you, um, but part of it is like, you know, my first week there, the first concert was with harpsichord, and they didn't tell me beforehand. And so I was just like, I want to make, you know, you're all going uh, home to make a good impression, right? As your first concert, your first performance. And it's an instrument mm-hmm. that I played very little, like a few weeks in one class. Like I never yeah. even like practiced it. I just played it, you know? So I didn't know, I didn't understand the instrument. So I felt like I couldn't control it, obviously. And mm-hmm. um, I didn't want to embarrass myself. Like I wanted to like sound good for my first concert. Yeah, my new job, you know, it doesn't mean I hate the harpsichord because I actually think it's really good to learn it. So I don't think you hate the harpsichord. I mean, it's just like how you kept saying that I hate the piano and I don't really hate the piano at all. Do I do I tell people you hate? the? Yes, you said that like several times this past summer. Did I? Yeah, you did. (laughs) I guess karma's a bitch, Jeanette. Did you say I hate to harpsichord to no, people? I Were never you spreading that. that rumor? No, I never said that. I never said okay. that. Because I know you don't hate the harpsichord. Just like you know that I don't hate the piano. I just don't like to play it. There's a difference. Yeah. I mean, it's Well, frust- I'm sorry if I said that. I didn't realize yeah. that I said that. It's um, frustrating to play an instrument that you don't play. <laughs> that people think you should be able to play because you play a certain instrument. Right? Yeah. Yeah. That's the frustrating thing. Well, I mean, I guess the difference is is that you've actually, like, studied the piano. Yeah, I've studied like, the you've piano, played but it. you've heard me play piano recently. Yeah. And it's just, it's harder and harder for me to play piano. It just, it's not natural right. to me. I mean, it's just, uh, it's funny. Like, how do you switch back and forth? That's really difficult. It, it's certainly possible and doable. Uh, and I'm sure I can do it, too. I think it's very repertoire specific now. Mm-hmm. I can't. I, I don't think I can play Bach on the piano. Yeah, that'll be too close to home. It, it'll be too close to home. But when it's done well, um, yeah. I I love hearing Bach on the piano. I ha- actually here's another shout out to another person associated yeah? with this podcast, Shion Shion Costello's record album. Oh, Rounded Binary. Rounded Binary. He has a lot of Bach on there. And yeah. he plays it beautifully. So I highly recommend you guys check that out. Rounded Binary. Shion oh, Costello. I need to listen to it. Uh, available on iTunes and all streaming, Spotify, whatever. Oh, by the way, we're on Stitcher now. Great. I, I finally <laughs> got us approved. I, I thought I had us on Stitcher before, but apparently not. Uh, I see. So we are, we are finally approved um, Excellent. to be on Stitcher. Yes. But really have to you know, pound this home, please check out Shion Costello's Rounded Binary. <laughs> That's your takeaway for today. That That's is the one away. point Francis wants you all to to do. The call because, to action. Yeah, because he plays Bach so incredibly well on that piano. I really have to piano. listen to it, yeah. So, yeah, I highly recommend that album. And the whole idea of the album is just really... It's classic Xi'an. It's very. Is it interspersed with Shostakovich? Yes, and but it's just listen to it. Okay. Because the whole album tells us it's like an album. It, it tells a it tells a story. Like the so point of an album. It's, yeah. Um, yeah, it's really great listening. So highly cool. recommend that and thing. 
Awesome. That's the point of an album. Oh, um, I should, speaking of albums, I should probably say that um, Garfield Piano Quartet has an album out too. Yes. That we just have released on CD Babe. It's on iTunes. You can find it on iTunes. It's a Paul Moravex Piano Quartet that we had commissioned. Franny's holding up the download card that I gave him. Yeah, it's, it's, I mean, it's just um, exciting because we haven't put out an album in like 16 years or wow. something like that. Yeah, because, you know, there's personal changes and everything. So if you want to hear the Garth Neal Piano Quartet in its incarnation today, you should check out our recording of Paul Moravec's Piano Quartet, which was commissioned by us a couple years ago. So, yeah. There, done shilling. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I always forget to shill it. And, you know, <laughs> I mean, that's, that's the annoying part of our job, right? Is yeah. how we shill ourselves. Exactly. So, we thought yeah. it would be fun to kick off the season. We've been doing this for three years now. Really? Yeah. Wow. Isn't okay. that weird? A to, little bit. To kind of express our thanks to our listeners. And we thought the best way to do that is to read some reviews. Yeah, because, you know, we don't have a lot of reviews. But the ones we do have, we really wanted to um, show our appreciation. And... Um, I mean, it doesn't matter how many reviews we have. The more the merrier, obviously. But, like, I I just want to, like, give a thanks to the people who have bothered to leave us a review. Um, Franny, what do you have open right now? I've got the uh, reviews we have on iTunes. Okay. So, I this this review is from, from a good friend of the podcast, actually, Jonathan Tsai. And, of course, he leaves his moniker on iTunes as No Pants Pianist. Um, which is, I think, a moniker I gave to him. It's nothing. It's nothing dirty. <laughs> um, but it's it's called a look behind the curtain, and we got five stars. So thank you, Jonathan. Um, and it says this podcast is a very candid look at the thoughts that float around classical musicians' minds. Parentheses are musicians in general, and parentheses on stage and off. Fang and Yoon. Do you like the sound of that? Fang and Yoon? Yeah, I do. Fang and Yoon, like uh, something and something. Some Abbott and Costello are... What's another similar sounding dual name? Uh, Abbott and Costello. Uh... Uh, shit, why is that? Uh, <laughs> Fang and Yoon, um, Cheech and Chong. Cheech and Chong, Burns and... Oh my god, George Burns and... I don't remember. I don't know that one. Oh yeah. That goes way back. Oh, okay. Okay. Anyway. Okay. <laughs> we ran out. We have no pop culture references. Okay. Fang and Yoon do a great job of getting underneath the surface layer of their interview subjects, parentheses, sometimes each other, and parentheses, and extracting honest and insightful thoughts from each. A great listen for anyone who wants to know what rolls around the heads of these people on stage. And a great reminder to those who go on stage why they are there. Five stars! Exclamation point. And yay! Thank you, Jonathan. Yes. Um, (laughs) So my review is much shorter. It's from Gloria on Facebook. Gloria? Gloria, yeah. Who wrote, this is probably the most relatable thing on the internet. I love it. Thank you, Gloria. Yay. That was Gloria, great. that was awesome. 
you know, um, most of the people who leave us reviews are like, you know, tangentially obliged to do it for us because they're like maybe somebody who knows us from school or a friend. And Gloria actually is, is, is not related to us in terms of those outside factors. So this is a particularly special review. Yeah. Just because so we... it really like made us feel like we kind of reached outside our bubble, you know? Yeah, Which is the I... point. The point is to do that. So <laughs> so Gloria, we love you and um we'd like to hear more from you. Tell us more about yourself. Ask us a question if you want it answered on the podcast. Um thanks for listening. Yeah. Oh, she's a percussionist. Oh. Okay. And we have 10 mutual friends. Oh, that's awesome. Isn't Facebook amazing? (laughs) Let's go on to the last review. So this is a review by Fitgers. F-I-T-T-G-R-S. From a year ago. um, Called Solid Foundation. Four stars. And this is a good review in terms of it was helpful to us. So it was very, we appreciate this review, Fickers. Thank you for listening. I also don't know who Fickers is. So that's another plus. He's not like a friend that I cajoled into writing a review. (laughs) So um, the subject matter for this podcast is outside of my wheelhouse and quite engaging. However, the audio quality is a big stumbling block. Invest in some mics, a proper space, and just a little bit of editing. Cut out the interviewer's inhales and bump his volume. So this is gendered. It means you, I guess. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah. I mean, because we're different genders. So I guess it was you. Maybe he listened to like one episode where you were interviewing someone. I think Uh, it was, you know, one of our first episodes when I was when I was interviewing you. And then we. Oh, you were interviewing me. Yeah. And we were having a lot of trouble back then of balancing Audio. audio. Yeah, well, let me just finish this up, and then we can talk about what we've learned. <laughs> so, uh, Figures continues on with, Compare the articulation and energy of the guest and the interviewer. With some small quality of life improvements. Life improvements! <laughs> this could become a regular download for me. Okay, well, Figures, we really took your suggestions into heart, actually, because we were um complete novices. We still kind of are. <laughs> we still <laughs> like, are. Yeah, I mean, it's just a... Uh, we, we started this podcast without knowing anything about audio equipment or editing or what actually somebody who wants to do a podcast should do. Um, so, yeah, we didn't know what levels were. <clears throat> editing for us was just taking out things that, like, were offensive. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, it definitely got us to pay more attention to that. And I think it brought up a good point is that Franny and I, uh, and we've talked about this between ourselves. I think, like, we work together well because we have different energy. Mm-hmm. I think that um, if you had two people like me, it'd be really annoying. If you had two people like Franny, we might get, like, a lot of pauses, maybe. Or <laughs> it just would be totally Well, here's of- the thing. Here's the best way of <laughs> phrasing it. See, this is why we work very well together. Is that Jeanette is very seat of her pants and i am not so i see that's a classic example of seat (laughs) i say seat of our pants and she has to say the first thing that pops into her head which is great hot pants (laughs) me 
I would have, you know, not said that. But that's said the thing. Fire ants? No, I would have said, I wouldn't have Nothing. said anything at all. Yeah. And so that's why I pause because I'm just kind of careful about what I want to say. Well, yeah. Jeanette just says it, says whatever well. pops into her brain. <laughs> Lack of filter. Yeah, um. which is which is why I love <laughs> Jeanette. <laughs> so it's oh, been. Uh, I think this podcast works because Jeanette gets me to think more intuitively, and sometimes I think I get Jeanette to think a lo- to take a step back every once in a while. Yeah. But yeah, actually, um, a good example is this very review, um, because when, you know, obviously we are very sensitive people. I am a very sensitive person. <laughs> I take criticism to heart. And so um, when I saw this review, I, I overreacted. Like, I definitely was like, oh, my God, this is we're terrible and blah, blah, blah. And this person saying all these things and we sound awful and then Franny kind of talked me down <laughs> like he was like that's actually like really good advice it's constructive and this is something we can learn from so yeah like and it wasn't even like it was what I took away from Fickers was that Fickers said that our content was engaging yeah and right? I totally blew through that I was just like he hates the audio of this podcast we're so below the par <laughs> like, uh-huh and we're not we're not podcast professionals and we're not really aiming to be podcast professionals and for me it's always been if it's really good content i feel the audio quality can suffer a little bit more but figures definitely got us thinking more about making sure that our audio is good if yeah not. yeah but we also just love hearing from you so we're thankful too. to you to the reviewers who have left reviews. If you are listening and haven't left us a review, please leave us a review. Hi, Xavier. <laughs> <laughs> Xavier is, like, awesome. He, like, listens to our podcast yeah. quite, quite often. He's, like, our most regular <laughs> listener. Exactly. I, it's the joke of he's our only listener. <laughs> what um, I want everyone to do is, like, really, if any of you have a question that you want us to talk about, like a topic to cover or a question you want us to address, um, or anything silly that you want us to address, um, please leave us a note on our Facebook page or our website. I think um, every podcast post has a comment section. Yeah. Yeah. So we would love to hear from you for whatever. So if you have a second, just leave us a note, and we will read it, and we will take it to heart and we just love to hear from you guys. We have exciting things coming up this season. It's going to be a lot more of me and Jeanette talking. Uh, last season, I started at Juilliard, and so I was completely swamped. And Juilliard! Then this year my, well, says the woman who graduated also from Juilliard. No, no, no. I just... You have to say it whenever you say Juilliard. Yeah. It's like murder. Yeah. Juilliard. So this season, it's going to be more... Me and Jeanette talking about stuff that's more important, that's important to us. And uh, mm-hmm. I'm really excited about that. But we also have some really great interviews coming up. We've got uh, the Ace Lindowski interview is all is out. And then Jeanette has interviewed her brother. We've got a, a surprise sibling guest, I guess. We've got s- some sibling guests and then we have some exciting things coming up. So stay tuned to us. We're, we'll be posting every other week. 
and every every Sunday of every other week. Yes, yeah. and uh, we're we'll excited to, to be to back. That. So yeah. Well, what's your obsession this week? Um, or right now? So my obsession is Lemony Snicket. You know these Seriously? books? Yes. Oh, the books. Okay. So I've never read them. Here's um, here's my story into Lemony Snicket. I actually okay. had time to binge watch the Netflix series. Oh, I'm so curious what you thought of it. And I was actually really charmed by it. It was really a great show. Yeah? And it's very faithful to the books. There are 13 books. And oh, so okay. they've done nine of the 13 books so far. Mm-hmm. And the the last episode out on Netflix is a um, cliffhanger. It's actually a literal cliffhanger. It's kind of clever. <laughs> Wait, don't spoil because I haven't seen. I two yet. I haven't. I'm not going to spoil anything. I'm just going to saying that is not a spoiler. So okay. I thought, oh wait, I want to know what happens, and I'm now going to have to wait for the new season. Except, wait a minute. You could just read. There the are books. thirteen books, so I borrowed the all the entire set of thirteen from the library. Wow! Uh, as an ebook. There's a great app called Simply E from the New York Public Library. Oh, really? Which has a bank of uh, e-books. I've got chapter... You're uh, reading it on your phone? Yeah, chapter 9 of The uh, Slippery Slope. Wow, that would give me a headache to read on my phone. Well, you could also read it on your iPad. I've just been reading it on the train on my way to yeah. school. So, yeah, and Lemony Snicket is very clever and very fun. And yeah. Also very sad, and it reads. Yeah. So yeah, I highly recommend the Lemony Snicket series, a series of unfortunate events. I guess maybe I could make this my audition because, um, in a related subject, there's a book that became a really um, well done TV show, uh, recently. Uh, have you heard of Sharper Sharp Objects? Oh yeah, I've heard of it, but I haven't seen it or read the book. Yeah, well, I, I mean, I haven't read the book either, and I'm a fan of Gillian Flynn. Like, I think she uh, she writes about female rage and um, a side of female psychology that isn't often done in media. Mm. Um, and it's interesting because, you know, if you know Gone Girl, then you know what I'm talking about. Um, but anyways, this book she wrote, uh, they made a TV show. Um, it's, I think, the same director of Big Little Lies, which is one of my favorite shows. It's so good. Um, and so, yeah, just finished watching that. <laughs> and, you know, sometimes, I, like, because she's, like, a big twist ending person, I mean, she writes these thrillers with, like, these twists in there that are surprising. And there's a huge twist in this show. But um, people who read the book already know the twist. And... I at first I wondered like if you read the book why would you watch a TV show if you already know the twist, but it's it's so not about the twist mm-hmm. <laughs> like yeah and it's so it's interesting to me like it's just the visualization of it and like the telling of the story. This director is so good. I mean you know it's it's that first person and it's mm-hmm. so much is her inner monologue that there's no voiceover. Hmm. Like I thought that was really incredible the way he made that really seemed that it was coming from her point of view, but he didn't have, like, he didn't feel the need to use it. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So that's an HBO series, right? Yeah, it's really dark. 
it's so fucking dark like oh my god <laughs> i mean it's it's really well done but i was like oh <laughs> it's terrible actually like it it's it haunts you mm. i'll put it that way yeah <laughs> well i guess that's the end of our i little, guess so little summer catch-up and things to come if you want, leave us a review on our Facebook page or on iTunes. All right. Well, talk to you guys later. All right. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening.